are back with the first ever athlete interview of podcasts, the official Villanova Sports Podcast. And it's an honor to have Jack Judge here, track and field team, javelin thrower, and one of the Villanovans' own former co-news editor. Uh, Jack, how you doing? How's it feel to be on the show? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a privilege and an honor to be on this podcast. You guys are going big things. I, I know it's going to be a huge success. And honestly, I expected to be the first guest, so I'm happy that you guys called me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. first guest. So it's it's an honor. It's definitely going to go down in the history books. <laughs> but uh, before, when we get started, before, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, everything, what brought you to Villanova, your fam, whatever you want. Sure, sure. Let so, everyone know. So tell you what, I'll give you a little story here, a little story for the listeners. Um, and I'm not sure if you guys know this, actually. So Right, I, I'm, I've found some pretty good success here as a student athlete at Villanova, right? As a, as a senior now, um, I hold the third best mark in the history of the school, history of Villanova. I have an incredible track program here, one of the best programs okay, in the yeah. country. Yeah. Middle distance, um, I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about Penn Relays and what that means to the program. Yeah. But it didn't always start out like that. Came to this school as a, as a walk-on. I, I had... Um, a conversation with a coach at the high school national meet. I saw him and I said, coach, I'm already committed to go to Nova for academics. I had this point, no, no recruiting at all for track. Yeah. I played baseball in high school. I switched up my junior year to track because I didn't make the team. Yeah. Anyway, I wound up not hearing from the coach here. So I was like, all right, I guess they don't want me. So I walk into the Davis center, one of the first weeks of school. And I see this guy just absolutely hammering out sets in the Davis Center. And I was like, damn, that guy's a machine. Like, what is he doing? And I started paying more attention to him, and I realized it's the head track coach, Marcus yeah. O'Sullivan. I mean, you're talking about a four-time Olympian here, three-time world indoor champion, and the head coach of track and field and the director of the program here. So I was like, oh, man, I really want to throw javelin in college. Like, that thing, that was awesome to do. Walk up to him in the Davis Center. Took, takes me a couple of tries. Not going to lie. <laughs> well, I, I see an intimidating guy. <laughs> So here's the thing. I knew too much about him before I walked up to him. That was the problem. Right? And he didn't know who you were. He had no clue who I was. So I, to be fair, I didn't talk to him at the National. Yeah. It was their sprint yeah. coach. So I won't take it personally. So I, I sucked up my ego, sucked up my pride, rehearsed a little bit, walked up to him, said, Coach, it's an honor to meet you. This is a guy who was, again, 101 sub four-minute miles. So he's run 101 miles under sub four minutes. That's ridiculous. Below four minutes. He's Olympian, too, right? You Olympian. This guy, the guy is one of the best milers in the history of the sport. Yeah. Walk up to him, rehearsed everything. Coach, I'd love to come out for the team. Um, here's a video of me throwing javelin, and I start breaking down all the technical stuff with him and say, like, I can improve, I can do this, I can do better. Because um, I really wasn't sure of how strong the javelin was yeah. at the school, because I knew track in Villanova was a huge thing. Yeah. So anyway, I walk up to him, I give my little spiel. He pretty much is like, I don't really know too much about the javelin. Um, come into the office one day and that's where it all started in the Davis Center walking up to him three years later um I have the third best mark of all time right won the Big East Championship last year have been all Big East every year here I hope to do it again hope to win this year yeah. made it down to the NCAA preliminary championship meets I've improved about so we go by meters in track which doesn't make a lot of sense because it's really the only sport that does it I guess football has yards, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's close to a yard <coughs> but yeah. Anyway, I've improved by 15 meters over the course of my career here, wow. which is about 50 feet. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a good year. 
Yeah. So I'm not saying you have to invite me back once, once the season <laughs> oh, you ends. You will be back. I'm just saying I'm giving a nice precursor here. It's gonna yeah. be a great season. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So tell me, tell us a little bit about you. So you said in high school you were playing baseball, mm-hmm. and then you didn't make the team. Made the transition junior year. Yes. Track and field. Correct. Did you like initially do running with track and field, or did you go straight to javelin? What What did you right. go to within track and field in high school? So. I guess I started track as my winter conditioning for baseball because I was gotcha. like, I, I'm still in love with the sport. Yeah. I really want to make this varsity team. I'm going to show up for indoor track, try and get into shape. Yeah. Turns out I'm not that fast. Track is an incredible sport. You got some fast men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wound up long jumping, which again requires speed. So I wasn't too great at that. And then I throw the shot put, which is okay. big, it's a 12 pound metal ball for those yeah. that don't know. And you're just trying to heave that thing as far as possible. Was not very good at that. Either of those, to be honest. So, at first, I'm like, I don't know if track's my thing. Yeah. Wound up getting to the outdoor season. Don't make the baseball team that season, right? Yeah. I pick up Javelin, and man, I fell in love with it, dude. I, I, I chucked <laughs> that thing once, and they're like, this is your thing. You stick with track. Wow. This can be your thing. So, um, you know, start out a complete rookie. I had, I had a good arm. I had, yeah. I have a good arm. It was right. the baseball arm. It was, probably so I was, a, I was a pitcher, right fielder. That right field throw from right field to third base. To thir- yeah. That's a tough throw. Yeah. I used to make that thing like no problem. <laughs> so I picked up the javelin, throw 140 feet my freshman year. That was my first year. Yeah. Pretty good. And then I wound up making it to the national meet only in my second year throwing. Yeah. Wound up placing fourth in the emerging elite division. That was Eric. I did a emergingly in air quotes so that's pretty much the people that are new okay like freshmen sophomores new to the scene but they're going to be making their marks their junior senior year i made that as a senior when i'm taking fourth place there so when i walked up to the coach i was wearing my medal and my villanova hat like oh hey coach how's it going not not cocky (laughs) but i expected like oh please yeah come out yeah so that's kind of the story behind there so i really just it was a seamless transition um just really just used to cock that thing back and absolutely let it loose. And now in college, the more technical aspects of it, you have to use your legs. It's a lot about speed, rhythm, technique. In fact, your arm can be the thing that hurts you. Gotcha. So that's a little bit in the technical stuff. But again, yeah. it wasn't like I just found myself being good at it. I had worked at this for a long time playing baseball my entire life. Wow. Could you uh, like t- tell us a little bit about like how... Um, Throwing javelin was different in high school and college. Like, what what kind of steps? Like, sure. is the next step? You know, at the college level. So, high school, if you threw on a track, um, a track runway, which is essentially this 45, 35 to forty-five meter strip of track into a field, that that's one of the best facilities in the country, right? Yeah. For high high school meet, and at the college level, that's expected. So, what a lot of high school meets have is this grass run, runway, and it's, it's a little bit thick grass. It's not ideal for running and trying to throw and plant a step in because there's mud. It can mm-hmm. be on a bad day. It could be slippery. It could actually be detrimental to your health if you're trying to throw javelin on a rainy day. Because yeah. if you plant your left leg and there's a little bit of mud there, you're talking like hamstring problems, yeah. grundle going, like a <laughs> knee blowing out, dude. Yeah. You could get some serious injuries there. So the other thing about the javelin is it has a rubber tip. In high school. So a lot of states don't have javelin as an event in high school because it's too damn dangerous. Yeah. If someone gets hit with that sucker, you're going down. Yeah. Right? So there's a rubber tip, and I believe New Jersey, Pennsylvania, those are the powerhouses because they have a lot of athletes trying the javelin since it's legal. Yeah. Um, so going into the transition of high, uh, college, rather, you have a metal tip. Yeah. And, I mean, that thing... Like, if you think the rubber tip is going to hurt, a metal tip, 
if you get hit on the other end of that thing, you're you're not just going down. You're going to the hospital too. Yeah, that's that'd be so. Strange. And talk about giving you an idea of some of the distances. So high yeah. school, I was throwing again like 160, 170 feet at the collegiate level. Some and and that was pretty damn good uh-huh. for high school. That's like okay, you're you're probably in the emerging elite, right? It's yeah. Not in necessarily the top cream of the crop. Yeah. But you're you're damn good. Yeah. At the high school level, we just had uh, sorry the college level rather, we just had. Um, I was down in Florida for Florida Relays, and again, some really good talent there. Those guys throwing about 230 feet, which is serious. Oh, yeah. um, at Texas Relays, which is another huge track meet in the country, you have guys chucking 270, Jeez. 275, and those are the guys that are winning the NCAA level. So it's essentially an incredible display of athleticism. Yeah. The, I think track and field in general gets slept on a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud to be a part of a program that has so much tremendous history of success. I think we've had an, uh, an Olympian in every Olympics for track and field. I mean, going back to something crazy like the 50s. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is like a very, very successful part of Villanova Athletics is track and field. And again, I don't want to start any problems with the basketball team, but <laughs> if you're talking national championships, we're stacking right up. <laughs> Um, but that, that's just the point. And, and again, we're always a contender at the Big East level. Yeah. Um, it's usually within a couple of points. We used to dominate um, when the new Big East came into um, fruition once you know the old schools left. Incredible. I mean, did you know Ed Reed? He threw javelin. Vince yeah. Wilfork. Like, some of the oh, best boy. NFL players Vince. of the early 2000s were Big East track and field athletes. Really? That's crazy. And, I mean, Vince Wilfork, who, for those who don't big know, I mean, he's a big man. He's a unit. He's an absolute refrigerator. And that dude could huck a 16-pound shot put at an Olympic caliber level. He, they said that if he did not choose the NFL, he would have definitely gone to the Olympics as wow. a you know, contender for a, a, a freaking medal. And that's, that's serious. So, I mean, that's just kind of a, an idea of track and field is, is a serious sport with some yeah. incredible displays of athleticism. It's just, it's not a spec, it's a spectator sport, but you can't watch it on TV. Yeah. It's really tough to watch on TV yeah. because you just can't appreciate these dudes like Usain Bolt running like a 9.8 yeah. in the 100 meter dash, yeah. right? That is unfathomable speed. When you see that in person, you're thinking, oh my gosh, that guy is just a different caliber of human being. Yeah. The ability to generate that sort of athleticism yeah. and speed. So that's kind of an idea of track and field at the collegiate level. You have some of the best athletes in the world competing in the United States from all over the world, too. There's a huge international presence in track and field as well. So you ultimately, you look at the NCAA in track and field, especially the Division One level. Big East is pretty damn good. Uh-huh. It's not the SEC. It's not the Pac-12. It's not a Power Five. But you have some very incredible athletes, especially teammate. got to shout out my uh, teammate, Tan <laughs> Ashby. Chucked 48 meters set the school record in the javelin for the women. Wow. Um, absolute incredible throw. She's only a sophomore. Wow. So she's got a couple of years left, so I'm sure you guys eventually will be wanting to talk to her too. Yeah, yeah. so you said it's a slept-on sport. Yes. So run me through your daily in-season type of activities and uh, type of like exercise, workouts, everything, that, that right. rigorous schedule that you have to go through during in-season. Sure. So let, let me give you guys, and for the other people that are listening, for, for the women, men, women of... The Villanova podcasts, um, <laughs> we're, we're inclusive here. Our um, loyal following. Loyal following. Junior year is tough. I mean, that's tough if you're a, stu- a student. I don't want to say regular student because I, d- I think that everyone has their own um, difficulties, uh, things that they're involved with. 
I don't want it to ever seem like student athletes have it harder than regular students because I think yeah. it's, it's just a different right. It's a different thing. It's a different experience. Um, so here, let me give you an idea of what a uh, a day in the life of Jack Judge in his junior year. <laughs> let's go. Let's go spring semester. So you better remember the Villanova. Oh, of it's course. part of the schedule. So <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best <laughs> to do. Tell you what, I'll tell you my Tuesday. Yeah, schedule. Tuesdays. Us, that's our production night. Right. So, so give us those tu- that Tuesday schedule. So Tuesday schedule is interesting. So I'd like to stack my classes on Tuesday and Thursday because I know I'll be traveling to meets on Friday. So again, for those listening and not familiar with Javelin, Javelin is purely an outdoor track and fields um, event. So there's no Javelin in the indoor season. We go inside. I can't throw that thing indoors because you need space. You need space, <laughs> and I throw that thing too damn far. Um, also, you know, practicing. We're practicing alumni hall gym. Yeah. In the indoor season, because just we're just stripped for uh, for facilities a little bit right now. What, what do you even throw in the alumni hall gym? It's medicine ball work. It's a lot of okay. technique shadowing without the javelin. So a um, lot of your practice in that gym is basically you. You don't know how the javelin looks until you're in the exactly actual like tournament. Until I'm like, outside, like like a tournament or something. Right? Exactly, yeah. like a track meet. Like a, yeah, me. Right, right. So um, let me get back to the routine, and then I'll, I'll get back yeah, to yeah. what what um, you know my training regimen is kind of like. So we start out with the eight thirty. Yeah. Eight thirty uh, Tuesday morning, we're we're grinding now. Need a cup of coffee in the morning because mm-hmm. we're there. We're there junior year. If you're not drinking coffee by then, yeah. you know God bless you because yeah. I needed it at that point. So yeah. we had the eight thirty. Had a ten o'clock. So ten o'clock was breakfast because I would just try and sleep as much as possible. Because again, this is a rigorous scheduling. Yeah. Recovery. Yeah. Recovery helps. Um. And and let me define recovery. Recovery is sleep. Totally. Sleep is the most important thing to an athlete, and that's why I think the student athlete experience is so difficult. Because when you're done with all these obligations that I'll talk about in a second, you're trying to recover from not only your practice from the from your day. Yeah. So you might be up till one o'clock in the morning and then have an early wake up call. I know some teams have six a.m. lifts, early practices outside. God bless the soccer team, man. I see them out there. <laughs> I hear, yeah. Oh Grinding. my gosh, treacherous weather, and they're just kicking balls around, scoring goals, doing headers. <laughs> crazy, crazy stuff. So, so I break for breakfast at ten o'clock. Back in class at eleven thirty, and I also have a one o'clock. So that's three classes that day with breakfast. Stacked in those days. We're stacked yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. I grab a coffee, quick bagel, cream cheese. Shout out to Bartley Holy Grounds. No, you're a Bartley Holy Grounds. Yeah, is that, well, your, is that your favorite Holy Grounds? I yes, I filled out the survey and Bartley Holy Grounds. Wow, holds clout in my heart. Wow. Over, over the rest of the Holy Grounds. I think it's the most overrated one, but uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Once they started taking meals, that's a game changer. Because they used to not... This might have been before your time, it's, bro. It is the most crowded one by far, though. You cannot... It's just like... You catch Connolly on a bad day, you're 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 having a tough time. It's true. all about time. True. We got the points card here, though, and it's this, a quick This walk, is true. So that's a benefit of the Villanova okay. staff. All right. Okay. That's okay. I understand so, the meals. All right, yeah. Bartley's also on the way to the track. So grab yes. a coffee, grab a bagel with cream cheese, slather that thing in cream cheese... And How I much am, cream cheese are we talking? About? A, a light schmear. Okay. Li- okay. One Philadelphia cream cheese worth. <laughs> a light schmear. <laughs> a light Philadelphia to so, go. So we're walking to the track. Yeah. But before we get to the track, we stop in our beautiful sports med room in the Andy Tally Center. So this is the new yeah. building yeah, on new, campus, right? New locker room and everything. Right? Yeah. I mean, shout State out to, of the art shout out to Bob Moran, uh, a major donor who helped uh, support the track and field program. Shout out to Howie Long for the weight yeah. room. Performance Center, shout out to the O'Days. Um, we have some incredible alumni, incredible supporters 
that help finance this whole thing because it, it is expensive and, fr and frankly you just can't can't measure us to the big SEC school. So anyway, I go to the sports med room, get some stretching done on my elbow. Um, we have this thing called prehabilitation, so it's different than rehabilitation because you want to do this work in order to prevent injury. Okay. So it's prehab we call it, and that can range anywhere from me from me um, stretching to me getting heated to me getting manual work by one of our incredible sports med staff people. Um, so then it's after practice. We're um, we're at two thirty right now. Um, practice can be anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half with our wonderful coach. Um, and then after that, um, dinner, Yeah. hit some dinner and then you got to hit the books and then we're hit, we're about maybe 1130. No, sorry. When I had class, we probably got out around nine. Yeah. Right? Out of class at nine, straight to the damn Villanova production. <laughs> And, That's brutal. And we're, we're putting that bad boy together, first three pages of Four the Villanova, and I really hope... Usually that article's getting put out <laughs> at, at 9 o'clock. Yeah, I'm writing an article last <laughs> night. So, and then after that, more homework. That's so, crazy. So we wound up getting out of the Villanova, I mean, as you guys know, like midnight, Yeah, it's a grind. Villanova's a grind. So that's a Tuesday night, and so we're lifting three days a week, we're throwing javelin, maybe three days a week, metaball yeah. works. We're talking about a part-time job here. Yeah. So it is a part-time job. And then if you factor in the non-NCA mandated hours, so that's the stuff on your own. So that's stretching. That's the prehab stuff is not doesn't count as your hours. Yeah. Um, in season, you're only allowed to do 20 hours of like sports-specific work gotcha. as mandated by coaches. Yeah. So, I mean, you could spend anywhere from 25 to 30 hours easily a week without, without even just trying it, without even being conscious about it. So it's a serious commitment. And if you want to be good and if you want to be healthy, you have to make sure you're recovering and getting your sleep on top of all the other obligations that you have. Yeah, and how tough is it for you to get that sleep? Because I was going to say, especially last year when you were, I mean, whatever, was that semester and a half ago or something with mm -hmm. Villanova? Right. When you were um, like there until that late and then doing work after, like how many hours of sleep are you ideally looking for as like, an, like the perfect amount to so, recover? Thank God that Wednesday... Wednesday morning was on an early wake-up call because I'd be able to sleep in a little bit. And sleeping in is like 8.30 you sleep in. Yeah. So you got to make sure you're, you're um, getting your fuel, your nutrition. Yeah, right? yeah, Sleeping and eating, most important things to an athlete, right? Yeah. You need that fuel to get student-athlete. you got to make sure we're caveating student with athlete. <laughs> that's what we are. <laughs> they go together. One-on-one. One. Uh, we prioritize our academics here at Villanova. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, that was tough, man. But... That's that's kind of like the Villanova lifestyle, man. Everyone yeah. likes to do it, do it big, and then sort of be competitive with other people. Because I think yeah. we have a serious, um, you know, quasi corporate structure here where totally. everyone's very competitive and not about it just in the classroom. What you're getting on tests, how you're doing on the track, or in your specific sport. It's about your internship, what you're doing after yeah, college, it's who you every know. Aspect. Yeah, I mean it's serious, man. So I I, I thank. I thank my lucky stars that I wound up at Villanova because we have an incredible support staff here. Yeah. Um, incredible coaches, amazing teammates, and then awesome friends outside of sports too, like you guys. I mean, oh, yeah. calling Thanks. me in Shut here up. is such an honor. <laughs> God. Thank and that's you. just like I wrote it on this piece of paper here, right? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't so, tell him to say that. I definitely no, didn't. He got paid. No, I'm joking. No, I'm seriously joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, looking forward, you got the another pen relays coming up for the team. Um, mm hmm. Um, how's like the the team overall been been doing so far this spring, and how are they looking for right. for the pen relays? So we're we're a couple meets in to the outdoor season. So reminder to all our um, people who are not 
possibly familiar with track, we just went through an entire indoor season. Mm-hmm. Right. So indoor is quite literally what it sounds like. It's an indoor track and field meet with certain events like the the sprints are a little bit shorter, so it's a sixty meter sprint instead of a hundred meter sprint. That sort of semantics. So now we're in the outdoor track and field, and you have people that have been competing for a while, so you want to make sure they're healthy. So we got a couple of the stronger um, performers at the national level. They're still resting up. We have. My main man, Casey Comer, coming yeah. off a second-place finish in the mile. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was huge. Huge. I mean, you're talking about a guy that puts in some work. Yeah. He's a grinder, great dude, awesome teammate, and he will not be opening up probably for another meet or two because okay. you want to make sure that you're staying healthy, especially this guy is doing running 70 miles a week, sometimes even more of that, more than that. Um, if I had breakfast with him on a Saturday or Sunday, he'll be getting back from one of his runs. He's like, oh, like how would you play? What did you run today? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did an easy 12, 12 to 13. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, and it's not minutes, people. We're talking about miles. Yeah, that's wild. 13 miles, that dude's knocking out. And that's Casual. The whole, that's the whole team, too. So, listen, the team is is looking strong so far. We're going to be a contender at Big East. Um, it's us and Marquette, DePaul. Those are the top three. We're trying to – I've never won a Big East outdoor team title. Interesting. That's and that, the goal? And that's a, that's a damn right that's a goal. <laughs> I want that one bad. Yeah, I've never had it. It's always eluded me and my teammates. It's going to take a huge effort from everyone. I'm hoping to bring 10 points. I'm trying to contribute to that bad boy because that is a huge goal for me. I would yeah. love to bring that boy home and so, bad boy home and just that hoist that title, bad yeah. boy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and then um, Penn Relays. I know right. that's, like, a really exciting Totally got off track. Yeah, Penn. Not yeah. yet. So Penn Relays is an incredible experience. I hope the podcast comes out before <laughs> before Penn Relays happens because oh, shameless shameless plug, you gotta yeah. get down to Penn Relays. It's gonna be out tomorrow. If you wanna listen, that is incredible. Good <laughs> on you guys. Now let me not get off track about Penn Relays here. Let's try and stay focused. You guys bring out the worst and the best. Okay, anyway. So we got Penn Relays coming up last yeah. weekend of April. Catch a train down there. Get an Uber down there. You're talking about one of the premier track and field events, not just at the collegiate level, in the entire world. Yeah. Franklin Field in all its history, I'm not sure what we're at in terms of which number it is. It's got to be in the 80s, 90s. A simple Google search will do it, right? Um, huge, huge implications yeah. for bragging rights. Not really much else. Yeah, it's big bragging rights. Huge bragging rights. So Villanova, we have the bragging rights. Because we. Yeah. if you walk down that one hallway in the Tally Center, it is adorned. And I would say almost too much, but that's just how many pen relay wheels we have. So we have yeah. these things, these huge plaques that you wheel, that you win. Mm-hmm. And it's called a, a pen relays wheel. So you win that by getting first place in the pen relays. Okay. So that's where the, it gets its name. So you have these a multitude of events that consist of four people running, men and women. Our bread and butter is the four by mile and the distance medley relay. Yeah. Those are like our like things that we just we manage to win those every year. That was knock on wood. Hope the mic catched that. <laughs> um, caught that. Uh, that's a huge thing that we we own the pen relays. Pen relays is a home meet for Villanova yeah. because we just have found so much success. You're talking about incredible performances. Um, Casey Comer, we'll, we'll bring him up. He's a little hot hot right now and he was yeah. hot last year too he anchored back to back the four by mile and i think the distance medley relay so the four by mile consists of four men and or women yeah right it's the same sex so four men 
and then four women, right? These are two separate events, the men and women events. So let's let's say it's men. Let me run you through the four by mile for the men. You have guys running a mile, handing a baton off to another guy mm-hmm. to run a mile. Third guy, run a mile. Yeah. Fourth guy, run a mile. And these aren't eight-minute miles. These aren't like the regular pace that I think myself, even as a you know, as an athlete, yeah. I'm, I'm not not chugging anything faster than six minutes of the mile. Yeah. Um, hope hope coach isn't yeah. Hope coach isn't listening because I, I don't know how he would feel considering he could probably beat me. I, I think he's like fifty seven right now. Could still just lap me in a mile. That's crazy. Incredible fitness there. Anyway, these are guys sprinting four laps around the track. Yeah. And the women as well. I mean, you have some incredible athletes on both sides. It's like a full sprint. The it's a it's time, a full right? sprint. Yeah. And it's it's sometimes it's strategic. Sometimes some guys. There's a term called sitting and kicking. So that's essentially. You keep it the gas in the tank. You're, yeah. you're you're not jogging, but you're definitely not giving hundred percent. Yeah. And then by the time that fourth lap comes, you absolutely turn the jets on, let it loose, absolute sprint. And again, these guys are running four minutes in five seconds, anywhere to like three minutes in fifty fifty eight, fifty nine seconds. These are the kind of miles that you're seeing. And it's there's a huge presence from Jamaica there. Yeah. An incredible um, wealth of talent. Um, a lot of people come out that are living in the area or even will commute wherever they're from in the United States to the city of Philadelphia to watch the Penn Relays yeah. and watch the next um, generation of Jamaican athletes come out. You have representatives from the United States track and field um, just showing up in incredible times. I yeah. can't stress this enough. I mean, it's hard to explain, I guess, but you have full sprint guys running faster than anyone in the NFL. Faster than anyone in baseball. Yeah. And I'm not trying to knock those sports, but I'm trying to tell people that you have incredible athletes. And I, I keep saying the word incredible, but that's really the way to describe it. You have yeah. absolute freaks of nature on both the men and women's side. Sydney McLaughlin making the, the 2016 Rio Olympics as a 16-year-old. Yeah, that's wild. In the 400-meter hurdles. You're running a lap around the track, sprinting, and then also hurdling. The steeplechase has water barriers, uh, regular hurdles. And you're running like almost a mile and a half on it. Yeah. It's inc- this in, in astounding events. And I agree. I think it's one of those things where speed is hard to translate on TV. Mm. I think it's one of those things you need to be in person to see it, to know like, wow, I can't believe that someone's actually running that fast. Yeah. And then here's another thing, Kevo. Um, <laughs> if I'm running, so I wouldn't be running. Let's see one of my teammates. Which one would be running? Maybe Casey's running five. Let me use a different guy. Yeah. Andrew Marson in the 10,000 meter. Okay. I don't know how many miles that is, but it's it's ten thousand meters. A, a mile is sixteen hundred meters. So yeah, we're so some, long race. You're the math guy, Greg. Do the math. <laughs> Come on, Greg. Yeah, let's do like, the math. Do six, it. Six something. Baby. All right, problem. We'll take your word for it. We'll we'll edit that part out. Um, <laughs> you you can't. You have to run commercials if you're broadcasting this, right? Yeah. And you're gonna run in the middle of the race. Let's say um, Bryce Harper's at bat. That's the equivalent of Bryce Harper being down. Let's say O two in account, and you cut in the commercial. Before he swings and went for the fences or strikes out. Yeah, likely with a fin. Okay, I mean, I'm trying to give him slack. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, um, he's got 330 million dollars. Also, the man's yeah, he's, he's got he secured the bag. <sighs> well, any, anyway, that that's kind of the gist of it. And, yeah, and it's difficult. You're absolutely right. It, it's not it's not sexy if I'm allowed to say that word. It's just yeah. it's not a sexy sport in certain aspects. But I'm telling you right now, get out to a track and field meet. We don't have any at Villanova this year, unfortunately, with some of the construction going on with our wonderful performing arts center. That looks beautiful. It's coming um, along. I'm telling you, watch some track and field. Get out. 
come to come to Penn, come to Penn Relays, come to Princeton, anywhere around here, find a track meet, and you will find yourself saying, I did not expect how much I would love this sport. Wow. Oh, hopefully. Yeah, and, and you're there, so they yeah, got you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of the Penn Relays, for people that don't know, is there, what's the deal with the amount of competing teams? Sure. And, like, the amount of uh, different, like, I don't know, track and field and whatever. Like, just, like, basically the... How many teams? Yeah. What are the specific sports that are played there? Is it all the outdoor sports? Yeah. Like okay. every, Yeah, sure. Just give a little rundown of that if you can. Yeah, I got you, Kev. Don't worry. <laughs> so it varies from year to year, if I'm being honest. Okay. The thing that doesn't vary year to year is the level of competition. Gotcha. You're talking about some of the highest caliber athletes at the NCAA level wanting to come to Penn Relays because the other people who are at the top of the NCAA will be at this meet. Yeah. So you're talking, we've had, we've had Oregon, I'm going to say we like we're hosting the meet. Penn Relays has had. Hey, Philly, Philly suburb school I, I, though. I'm just so. saying, yeah. when it's a home meet for us. We yeah. wear our white uniforms because it's a home meet. Yeah. Though. Anyway, we have Oregon out, Stanford out. Um, again, Oregon, Oregon in track and field, that's yeah. just like peanut butter and jelly, man. Yeah. They, they are an incredible program. Some amazing, amazing athletes have come out of there. Um, incredible facilities there. Uh, you know, honored to compete against those those people, and also to beat them as well. Yeah, um, it feels good when we beat those teams, man. Not gonna lie, because it just we feel like we're doing it the Villanova way, you know. Yeah. So we got uh, Oregon, Stanford, uh, Penn. Of course, they have they're they're there running. It feels feels right, right? Yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. um, they have some they have a great team as well. Um, but again, you're talking about some of the best teams in the okay. country there, and it varies. Mississippi State was there last year. I threw javelin against the future. Uh, NCAA champion in the javelin, Anderson Peters. Hmm. He threw 270 some feet. Penn State's there. They're yeah. a pre- they're a perennial uh, feature. Um, you're attracting people from all over the country. LSU's there sometimes. Florida will come up. It's crazy school size differences. Oh yeah. Villanova versus these schools that have so much larger enrollment and everything. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. <sighs> yeah, at first, I used to get frustrated by it. Not gonna lie. Yeah. How am I supposed to beat a guy from Texas A&M? Yeah. How am I supposed to beat a guy from Clemson? I mean, this, and I'll use guy because I'm talking about my own event, but it, it goes the same way for the women, goes the same way for the men on the team as well. These athletes have everything, student athletes have everything they could ever ask for. You're talking about immaculate facilities that are state-of-the-art, get renewed every year. Yeah. They're setting the tone for the rest of the country as to what these student athletes are receiving in terms of nutrition, in terms of sports med, um, in terms of training, coaching, yeah. because ultimately talent attracts talent, right? And they've just established a great pipeline where Georgia's a great example. Georgia has a, a reputation of being one of the best schools in the country for bringing in these decathletes and heptathletes. For, so decathlon is maybe one of the more familiar track and field events. That's where one person is doing 10 events um, over the course of two days, which... Again, is an oh, yeah, ridiculous, ridic- ridiculous yeah. is the word to say. Insane. People's bodies break down by the end of day two. Some people can't finish because it's that serious. And on the women's side, you have seven events as a heptathlete over the course. I think it's also two days, but they, they're they also grinding it out. You're talking the 100-meter, 110 hurdles for men, uh, pole vault, long jump, shot put, discus, javelin, uh, high jump, the 1,500-meter and the 400 meter over the course of two days. And again, at the NCA level and at Georgia, these people are showing up and putting marks that would win the Big East. 
as a person who's trying to diversify and be good at 10 events, that's how good those Georgian, the University of Georgia athletes are. And they just have this reputation. I forgot the coach's name. It's like Peter Kiprianu or yeah. something like that. He is just like, it's literally, you come to Georgia, go to the Olympics. It's just almost that's a guarantee. Crazy. It's a factory. So it is a factory. And that that's kind of the, I thought it used to be a disadvantage. It's like, how am I supposed to compete against those guys? And then I realized you trust the process here. You believe in Villanova and what it's offering you. You're going to be able to beat those guys. I remember beating a guy from Clemson last year at Penn Relays, and I was like, damn right. Like, I worked <laughs> my tail off for this. Yeah. And it's not that Villanova doesn't give you anything, because they absolutely give you a lot. I, 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 again, I cannot stress how much I love my student-athlete experience here. But I'm telling you, the we're not babied here. We're very much, it's very much on us to putting in the to be putting in the work to make sure we're also prioritizing our academics above our athletics mm-hmm. and that's something that doesn't go you know both ways and i, and I can be honest about that because i know that's the case at other schools and mm-hmm. it doesn't just apply to track it applies to football it applies to baseball Another, yeah. a lot of those sports at those schools you have people doing your homework for you professor making yeah. grades i'm not going to disparage that school that we yeah. did a couple years ago in the ncaa bachelor <laughs> but making up an entire damn major in a department that doesn't exist for the sole sake of your players playing in it yeah that doesn't go on here like, yeah that is not a thing so, again, it's frustrating knowing that those people have, quote-unquote, an advantage, but it even feels even better when we're beating them at Penn Relays, being at the national level, and it's because we do it the Villanova way. And, yeah. And damn I say it the right way. <laughs> W-W-R-I-G-H-T. Shout out Coach Wright if he's listening. So do you guys have, like, a go-to rival in these track and field events, or someone that you guys have been back and forth with over the past few years that it's just, there's a rivalry there? So here, uh, let me start this. Let me answer this on the individual individual uh, basis. Yeah, I was gonna wonder if you had an individual rivalry or something. Absolutely, Elijah Shalloway. If you're listening, I'm coming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> one of my best friends, dude. It's it's amazing how many genuinely good people are in track and field, and yeah. you're trying to beat these people, and you're trying like, oh man, like I gotta beat him, but he's such a nice guy, you know? <laughs> he'll, like he'll come and say good luck. It it's very. And I'm not sure if a lot of people have you seen the LSU Houston. Uh, the guy, like, getting into his face after he wins the I race. did see when he ran past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So track and field does not need yeah, that. that was, we that, do yeah. not need that. No. <laughs> because that was smack. That was absolute smack talk. So, right again, those are guys who have been running against each other at the top level, going back and forth. I'm pretty sure the guy who beat him was, like, a senior and also the Houston guy. So those guys running back and forth yeah. at these meets. And, and it fosters that rivalry. LSU and Houston, that's going to be a big rivalry. Yeah. So they ran it at Texas Relays, like the same event that the guy threw 270-something feet, which is – if we're counting 60 feet more than I do, or according to my PR, we'll get we'll minimize that <laughs> disparity as best we can this season. But um, there's absolutely rivalries. Yeah. I think it's difficult to have them on an individual basis because there's so many nice people. Um, you're seeing these people at a lot of meets, and you begin to foster a relationship and a friendship. And Elijah's one of my, my best buds. I mean, we're talking almost on a daily basis. He goes to Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always, you know, shooting the you know what we're texting each other about uh technique about how you date how you feeling so it's nice on the individual basis to be able to foster those kind of relationships through competition yeah in competition it's kind of like all right like i'm not going to talk to you buddy today you know i'm trying to focus on my but it's it, it's ultimately a reflection of the individual in competition yeah where the comp where we start to get into rivalries is at the conference level and let me Got, tell you yeah, right now i feel like it would be conference if if you're saying there's no rivalry between us and other schools, you're you're just wrong. I'm sorry. Like if you think track's a soft sport, it's not. We're gonna go toe to toe with some other schools in the Big East, and and frankly, 
I don't have anything against Marquette or DePaul, but those are our rivals, and I want to make sure that at the Big East level, we're 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 doing our best to compete and beat them in events. Because of course, it's it's um it's it's a, every event has you know uh, other schools in the Big East. So Butler is is in the Big East as well. Providence. Um, trying to think who else for the women st john's is in the big east for track and again you want to beat those people as well but if you see a yellow uniform or the the, the blue demon what are they the blues blue demons blue demons, right? blue demons. they go by DePaul in my book but blue <laughs> demons okay um you want to make sure that you're you're beating those guys yeah and, and on the women's side those women yeah all right um yeah so um you personally this year you've competed in what two events so far or? uh yeah let me think Two events, correct. Two, so and and then you mentioned you have Penn Relays, Big East mm -hmm. um, coming up. Um, so what would you say, like your your goal um, in terms of uh, distance wise, like what kind of what sure. kind of distance are we shooting for? So, uh, shameless plug here. My personal best right now is, is two hundred and fourteen feet two or two hundred fifteen feet two inches. And also, quick, where did that? When did that come? Oh yeah, yeah. When did well, the origins of the uh, the PR? So. It didn't. It didn't happen overnight. Not gonna lie. It took my junior year to me to break the big through the big throw. So that yeah. my coach said this. That was the breakthrough year, and I, you know, I'm like hoping like, hey, more to come here, guy. But um, <laughs> you know, we're trying our best. So I threw that. I had a tough season last year. Junior year was a little tough, and you know, I think it's evidenced by the routine. Um, wasn't PRing, so I established my PR personal record, personal best of fifty nine. 0.50 meters my sophomore year at Big East mm -hmm. Championships. That got me second place. Thrilled, ecstatic, huge PR. Yeah. Um, puts me in the record books. You know, I'm starting to smell smell the rose. It's like, hey, this is something. We're we're not just good at this. Now we're getting like pretty damn good at this. Mm -hmm. um, wound up not coming very close to that until Penn Relays last year. Um, was still trying to struggle. And and javelin is not just you know how far can you throw the thing, how far can you muscle it. There's a lot of factors. It's the release angle of your arm. How does that compare to the release angle of the javelin? It's about how much force you can transfer into a block, which is essentially a straight left leg that should not bend, which defies any sports logic or, or kinesiology or kinematics. It's about how much speed you have on the runway, your rhythm. I didn't really put that together until Big East gotcha. last year. We drive out to Geneva, Ohio. I always say that I left my heart in Geneva, Ohio, because... <laughs> That will be an incredible memory. Mom and dad, sister, drove out. Eight-hour bus ride, man. That was tough. That's tough. We go out there, and I said to myself, I'm not coming back empty-handed. <laughs> Again, I, I had great success at Big East. I've taken second place my freshman and sophomore year. And then junior year, I was like, this, is, this feels good. Incredible strength and conditioning staff here at Villanova as well. Let me shout them out as well. Coach Sean Doherty, if you're listening. Coach Rhodes. Coach Colin. Coach Ted. See you, see you in Lyft tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, first, I'm feeling good. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a good day. But again, as soon as you get excited, you guess tend to stiffen up. You tend to you know lose focus a little bit. I have this philosophy, um, also a philosophy minor here. I, I should have given my biography. <laughs> Whatever. That can come later. We, that can come later. I'll, I'll finish the interview with my introductory remarks. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the background info on, on the biography. So, first damn... Fr oh, let me, let me talk to philosophy. <laughs> the, I equate the javelin throw to being a rubber band. You want to be able to stretch that rubber band as much as possible so that it can snap back as fast as possible. Yeah. Right? Because 
started doing yoga over the summer and that has made a huge difference because you want to be mobile. You need to have your hips fire through, but you need to separate your shoulders. So you're, you're maximizing the drive from your legs. You're translating that into your arm by it staying back. Yeah. Think about, again, winding up a rubber band. You're trying to think of that as your body. So you're winding it up as much as much possible and then it's going to release and explode. Yeah. So you can't do that. You can't be like a rubber band if you're stiff like a wood plank, right? So the, the enemy to javelin, the, the antithesis, right? Big word here, senior year. All that money paying off. Antithesis. <laughs> a and I won't That's that Nova education right there. Shout out to Villanova. Um, <laughs> so you can't be a, a rubber band if you're stiff like a wood plank. So I'm released. I'm focused. Um, had a Red Bull in me. Uh, <laughs> again, warm-ups felt good. Like, felt damn good. I was, yeah. I was letting it loose a little bit. And my arm felt good. Um, first throw, take four steps with my left. Three crossover steps. Jump. Jump is not the right tech. Essentially, it's a, it's a jump. It's a, it's a horizontal, well, let me think. It's a linear jump with my hips square perpendicular to the throwing field. And that's a lot. For those listening, that maybe just, that. just 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 think, my hips were to the right, the field was in front of me, my head's looking left. I'm I'm, I'm perpendicular to the field. My body right. is facing to the right, my head is looking straight on, and I jump into the throw, smack a block, which is the left leg driving into the ground. Scream at the top of my lungs like a little warrior, and not a little warrior, big warrior, a huge warrior. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to impale, like, some hunting, I don't know, I'm hunting for something out there in the yeah. field. That bad boy does not stop flying. Now, I have a beautiful orange and silver javelin, and that day, there was gray clouds up, and that thing pierced the sky with that <laughs> orange and silver. I mean, it looked like the sun was coming out. Was it the scream? That I Honestly, it might have been. What's the deal with the scream, really quick? Before sure. I get off the, is that sure. like a tennis, like, grunt, where some do it, some don't? Or is the scream, like, is that a personal preference? Or? Okay. I like the tennis analogy there. I was going to say, cause because it's kind of like you're trying some to... do tennis, some, some in tennis grunt, some don't. So I'm a casual tennis player. So if I'm yeah. grunting in tennis, it's for purely comedic purposes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're trying to hawk, like, just absolutely chuck the javelin as far as you can with as much force. Again, energy transfer, for all you physicists out there listening, <laughs> is the main part of the game and if you can't transfer energy then you're not throwing that thing as far as you could be i think screaming makes me throw farther because i feel like i'm just putting everything i have into it i want yeah. my, i want the air in my lungs to go into the throw <laughs> and that's what i think so that thing starts flying and it's about let's see i'm gonna do angles with my arms i would say it's a little bit above a 45 degree angle and i came through that the, the throw so well and it just doesn't stop and if you thought screaming is weird, I started yelling at the javelin. I said, keep going. Go, go, go. Go, go ball. And it's still, it it's, go. yeah, exactly. Get in the hole, except the hole was as far as possible down, right? We're talking par eight. We're trying to hit, then we're trying to hit the green, the putting green. Happy Gilmore, baby. Let it fly. I mean, I happy Gilmore that thing. So that lands in the ground, 215 feet, two inches, seven. So let me use feet. We're, we're apples to apples here. That was like a 15-foot PR, and that doesn't come, that doesn't come easy. Yeah. So not going to lie, I, I let myself get out of the zone there because I just bumped myself to third all-time in the school record. You were hyped. I, I was hyped, man. Hyped. No one, I, Adrenaline do, pumping. I dominated Big East. 
And I, and I say that with all the humility in my heart because I worked so hard for that throw. Um, I wound up winning the competition. Um, it gave me a, um, a qual. So kind of like I punched my ticket in March Madness. Yeah. You have to be, you know, one of the top individuals in the country to qualify for this purpose in the eastern half of the United States. Mm-hmm. We're not talking the Mississippi. We're talking like more eastern half of the United States if you want to draw a line right down the middle. Maybe the Mississippi does that. Yeah. Geography, not my strong suit in terms of river uh, location. <laughs> um, I wound up being one of the top throws in the country at that point. Top 50, we'll say. And that's where I'm ranked about right now. And in terms of getting back to Greg, Greg, I didn't forget about you, I promise. <laughs> we do this thing called we taper. So we try, okay. and, we try and cut the workload back a little bit in order to optimize how your body's feeling and your performance. So I'm training through my throws right now with competition. So I'm, I'm still going 95, 100% in the weight room and then not really recovering as best as I could. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to get stronger. So at Penn Relays this year, I hope to hit the 70 mark. That okay. would mean a lot to me. My family will be there. Mom and dad, I know they'll be listening once I send you this podcast. Sydney, my sister Sydney is a sophomore at Penn, um, so it's nice to have her. She's always come to the track meets. It, it's a great family affair. And then Biggie's championships, man. I'm, I'm already dreading that. I'm getting upset just thinking about it. Upset? Yeah, what, dude. It's the last one? It's the last one. Oh, so you're going to miss it. <sighs> I, I'd say I've said this with the utmost respect to our track and field. I think the day I hang up that uniform is going to be one of the worst days in my life. You think you'll get emotional at the Big East? Oh, I think I'll, I think I'll lose it. I think I'll yeah. lose it. Marcus has, Coach O'Sullivan has this thing, you know, him and I are Marcus, uh, Marcus and Jack level as a senior. <laughs> we have that sort of mutual respect for each other. He has this thing where we, we, we huddle up the team. <sighs> And I promise I'm not. There's just a little dusty in the podcast room. <laughs> we got the tissues. And over, you know he over. he goes over the results of the meet of Big East championships. And uh, at the end he said, "All right, senior, stand up." And I've seen that for three years. I've seen guys in. Oh. Well, I'll say for my own team, and I know there's plenty of amazing women that have come through that I have a, a, the most respect for for the, the the contributions that they've had to the school and to the program. You have guys just giving their body. I remember. Oh man, Don Urschel, my freshman year, he was a senior. You had a guy running five events, running preliminary and finals, pulled his hamstring in the four by one relay, and then we had we needed a leg for the four by two. And for those who have not pulled a hamstring, God bless you. I I am happy for you, but you sure as sh double or sh you know <laughs> sugar honey iced tea cannot run on a yeah. pulled hamstring. <laughs> That is not conducive to your being able to walk, stand up, get out of bed, let alone try and run top speed. This man ran in the 4 by 2 We still wound up losing the meet, but you had that guy give this all. Rob, yeah. Rob Kikase, another guy. I'm pretty sure he tore his ulnar collateral ligament, throwing javelin. But he's still. He, these are people that are willing to sacrifice their bodies, leave it all on the line, not just to try and win, but just to try and compete for their teammates. And... That's going to be a tough day when I'm the one standing up there. Yeah. And I'm the one looking to down at my teammates. Like, ah, oh, I just, oh, I'm sure as heck hope that I set a good tone. I set a good precedent. Yeah. <sighs> That's going to be a tough day, man. It won't be my last day, but, you know, we're going to have that track meet in, um, what's it, Icon Stadium in New York. So, okay. 
I'm hoping to have the whole family out there. I would love a great showing. I'm sure you guys will be busy with the podcasts at this point <laughs> when it blows up. But <laughs> what's blowing up after this episode? Of course, I mean, I hope so. I'm expecting it too. But um, but Greggy, Greggy Poo, Greg, <laughs> Greggy, I, I hope to hit 70 meters this season. That's an equivalent of about 230 plus feet. So you think you can beat that PR this year? I think I can beat that PR. I know, right? I know PR. I can beat the PR. It's yeah. just about how much I PR, man. I really want to make uh, make a mark here, leave a legacy, and you know, be known as a guy who did it the right way. He was a guy who was involved with the Villanova, you know. Yeah, he's a Villanova. He put his heart and soul in that damn newspaper, dude. All <laughs> well, those front page articles. Yeah, it was front page articles. They're not the layout, uh, InDesign, Adobe InDesign. Um, how, how do you keep your composure? How do you keep yourself calm from being too hyped? When you already know you have your personal record and you want so badly to break it, mm-hmm. but you don't want to overthink it sure. or put too much pressure on yourself to break it. How do you keep your composure? You know, that's that tough. That, I think that's something, if I'm, if I'm being honest, we went down to Florida last week for Florida Relays. I didn't do a good job of that. Um, I didn't keep my composure because I was a little bit rattled by the competition. We, we didn't have the best travel day, too. We, we flew in. I woke up. So here's another you know, daily life of a student athlete who's traveling to a, 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 an athletic event. Wake up at 6.45, um, manage to scarf, like, scarf down some food real quick, book it to the locker room. That's about a half-hour walk. From, eh, half hour if you're you know, crawling. 15-minute walk um, from West Campus, Farley Hall, 305. Shout out to the roommates in there. <laughs> um, hopefully I didn't wake I definitely woke <coughs> up that morning. Um, you know, my rituals. I have the rituals. That I like. yeah. my, my superstitions. I have to be clean-shaven. Um, I can't wear anything on my right arm that day in terms of wristbands, watches. I, yeah. I really can't do that. I have to wear my, my Nike Epic Reacts. Those are specific <laughs> shoes that I think are just, they're blessed. Um, I have to warm up a certain way. So essentially, right, so we get, get to the locker room. We get bus to the airport, 10 o'clock flight, I believe, um, trying to stay hydrated, trying to stay relaxed. Because what happens is when you're mentally locked in, that's very draining. And you yeah. don't want to be locked in anything before the meet because yeah. you don't want to be draining your body. So we take two-hour flight down to Florida, into J- flying to Jacksonville, um, drive an hour and a half to Gainesville, get to the hotel. Coach Anthony Williams uh, wound up checking in my javelins for me so I didn't have to go to the track early. Tried to get some rest, tried to lay down, tried to relax. Wound up not competing that night until 9 o'clock. We're talking about a 12-hour, you know, at least 12-hour difference between you know when I competed. But... I do blame myself for not being able to execute because I wasn't locked in. I was rattled yeah. by the things around me. So typically what I do is I take a, a huge thing that's it's amazingly helpful for me is my family. My family, yeah. absolute backbone of everything I do. Shoot them a text. Hey, guys, like we're going into war right now. See you on the other <laughs> side. There will be blood. Um, <laughs> love you. You know, <laughs> try and make a little few emojis like, in there. Like make sure mom and dad's like, do you need us to fly down to Florida? Is everything all right, Jack? Um, <laughs> I tell you what, they're my good luck charm. Whenever they show up to me, they're such a calming presence. Um, it was my dad's birthday that day too, so I was trying to give him a, a good. And listen, it was a, it was a good it was a good meet, a good learning experience. Um, but you need to stay locked in by worrying about yourself, not yeah. about the people around you. You can't get frazzled by hey, that guy just threw three times as far as I throw. Um, I this is going to be a rough day. It's yeah. solely individual stuff, and you can't right. overthink it at the end of the day. You got to yeah. trust the training, Greg. You got to be Greg. You gotta be confident in the things that you do leading up to that. And I know that Villanova, we do it the right way. Our strength yeah. and conditioning staff, again, our coaching staff, 
if you don't have confidence in yourself and confidence in the program, if you walk out on that track and everybody's looking at you and you don't have confidence that when by the time you get to the end of the line and release the javelin with a nice primal yell, <laughs> if you can't do that, then you're not prepared to throw. Yeah. So again, it's it's all about confidence in the training, buy into the program. Yeah. Right? It broke my heart to see Javon Quinterly. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that broke, earlier uh, on the pod. Uh, it breaks my heart. He man. didn't buy into the program. And you know it's tough. You you have a guy telling you they're telling you know telling Javon he's a five star recruit whatever yeah. that entails right. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty subjective to me. Totally. Um, I I voted him as the editor of of the new staff last semester. Uh, co-editor of the new staff. Uh, I thought he was going to be Big E's freshman of the year. And again, that's the <laughs> yes. expectations, but it just it doesn't work out that way sometimes. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Javelin. Sometimes it's not your day. Florida was not my day. But I trust the process to know that when Penn Relays comes around, when Big E's championships, NCAA prelims, hopefully NCAA championships this year, it'll all fall into place. You yeah. have to let it come. You can't yeah, be let chasing it. it. Let it come to you, Kev. What's the deal? You you said something quickly yeah. about preparing your Javelins. Okay. How do you pick out your javelins? What's sure. the deal with picking out javelins? Sure. What's the weight? Is there a restriction on weight? Sure. What's yeah? What's the the process of so, picking out javelins? So the javelin itself is very interesting. We're talking about something that weighs eight hundred grams. I have no idea. Yeah, what I was that, like, yeah, gonna, I have not no sure. idea what that means. Like, I remember using grams <laughs> in like middle school for yeah, like science class. Science class, but all I know is you put that bad boy in a triple beam balance, it is weighing it at eight hundred grams, right? That's what you measured mass grams. in, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Hey, thank you, thank you. Eight hundred um, grams. So anyway, um, the javelin is built out of this incredibly light alloy of metal. Some are like carbon fiber. Yeah. Those are thing, those javelins cost five thousand dollars. A lot, a lot of money, and those are used by guys that are throwing the Olympic winning throw. Yeah, right? those are the best javelin throwers in the world. Right. And the reason why those things cost so much is because they're stiff. They don't flex that much. Okay. So again, going back to my my me trying to learn physics in order to get better at javelin, because <laughs> I do think you have to learn a little bit about. At least how you know vectors work, how yeah. force what, what works. It's kind of like energy. a balance of analytics with it. Exactly. You almost have to do, yeah, you have exactly. to use analytics. So we're talking about transferring potential energy into kinetic energy, right? Oh, I remember that. My my last year, my last year. No, I remember that. So with me, I remember that. That was uh, what was that physics? Something like that, that, right? Physics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe get a physics person on the next podcast yeah, to explain exactly. what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. So the javelins. They vary in flex. So yeah. think about it. The more javelin flexes, the more it loses the potential energy to stay straight because it's it's wobbling up and down. Yeah. And that's changing yeah. the trajectory of it. Kind of thing like a golf club. With the exactly. Flex the golf that's club. exact. Yeah. That's a beautiful analogy, Kev. <laughs> Do it. Should I keep going? Or you no, keep going. going. <laughs> I want it. So so the javelin, you have to hit it through a certain point. You have to throw it at a certain angle, and you have to throw it through the point. You want that angle to be as you know stay as intact as possible coming through because that's going to be you're hitting it at the optimal point you're hitting hitting at the optimal angle where it's going to fly the farthest um certain javelins have smaller um sweet spots that you can hit think of it like a sweet spot on a bat yeah you're throwing that thing into the sweet spot in order for it to travel as far as it can because it's at the best angle and it's not flexing but here's the thing it puts a lot of damn stress in that elbow 
in yeah. that shoulder. You see a lot of people get injuries to their UCL, where for our listeners, it's on the inside of your elbow. Mine just cracked as I tried to extend my arm. Please. Out for the season. Out for the season. <laughs> Telling coach, non, non-sports related injury. I was podcasting. Uh, rotator cuff. Um, but it's amazing when you start learning the body and start becoming a student of, you know, of, of again, your body, you start learning, hey, the reason why my shoulder's tight today is because my pec is pulling at it, or my, my, my right lat, my right rhomboid, my trapezius. Dude, that's the kind of minutia that you need to get into, the yeah. kind of detail you have to get into in order to learn your body. Because once you master your body and master your mind, you're, you're freaking unstoppable. Yeah. And again, I know it's this fit, isn't I know this isn't Joe Rogan, and we're talking about these you know ludicrous uh, yeah. abstract things. But I, I truly think that's a thing for athletes. You're cultivating your body. Sure. Um, I took an amazing class with Professor Andrew Beauvais here on the philosophy of fitness yeah. and how whether it's more important to cultivate your mind, are you you become fitter by having a, a fitter mind? Are you more disciplined? Are you more aware of the goals and aware of your body or should you be fo- like focused on hey i gotta work out in front of a mirror because i need to make this body look as good as it can <laughs> by doing bicep curls hitting the beach mu- the beach muscles abs all of this because does that make you confident does that make you a better athlete right yeah. by just focusing so- solely on the body so i think it requires you to do some introspective work it's tough comparing yourself to the six foot four guy that throws down south somewhere or the five foot seven guy who somehow is able to throw as far as you because he's he's able to generate force he's able to generate power yeah people do that in different ways right you got to focus on yourself then that's what you got to work it's an individual based sport it becomes a team-based sport at the conference level and i guess if you're a florida a big school that has a a, a, you know a a large number of individuals competing at the national national level excuse me then it becomes, again, a team-based sport at the national level. But again, Casey Comer placing second in the mile at the national meet, he was also the only guy there from the Villanova men team. Yeah, we cool. tried to get a, a relay down there, but we wound up just missing the mark because one of our guys pulled up with a hammy. Oh, tough. It's a tough sport. It's unforgiving, but you try your best. Yeah, you said, so you were talking about how there's full-body type of throw for sure, a javelin. Sure, Is there, within the full-body throw a part of the body that is the most significant to success within the throw. Or emotionally. So what what would your guess be? I think it's in the hips. Okay. You? I'm just going okay. off golf. Ke- Kev says hips. <laughs> Charles I think uh, the, the legs would be really important. I, I wish you guys said arm because I would have said you're damn wrong. It is absolutely the legs and the hips. Because I, I, I feel like the arm's like the easy answer. Like, oh, yeah, like you're just throwing. But I feel like it's that motion of, yeah. I'll tell you what. If, if you're... If you get a baseball guy with the best arm in baseball, let's say Roldis Chapman, guy chucks a baseball 100 miles yeah. per hour. It's not cause, just because of his arm. It's because he's able to get yeah. his hips into the throw, shoulder. The key thing is your leg drive. Mm-hmm. And the tough thing is maintaining the integrity of the legs. So essentially, you don't want your hips to be coming too early. You don't want them to be coming too late. It's a large part of this is timing as well, just like a golf swing. If you're bringing yeah. your hips too early and then your shoulder comes out, you're going to slice the ball, for example, right? I don't know if that's true. I'm not a big, not a big golfer. Is that true, oh, right? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so the, the most important thing in the leg process, right, is hitting the jab. So you land on a bent right knee in your, last, your second to last step. Yeah. You drive your right knee down into your left. Your left foot comes as a, as a result of you driving your right knee into the ground. Your left knee plants straight down 
um, heels heel first, then the foot comes down. You keep that left knee completely locked out by squeezing your hamstring, quads, and glutes. Mm-hmm. Your upper body has not moved yet. Yeah. Until your hips come forward. So your hips turn, right? And then the arm stays straight back. You bring your left arm, kind of imagine elbowing a wall behind you. So you're twisting, elbow the wall behind you. I think Peyton Manning says you elbow the midget, but I, that's, you know, can't say that. It's not politically correct. <laughs> Come on, Peyton. Come on, Peyton. You're better than that. Um, the left elbow, elbows, uh, the left <laughs> elbow hits a wall and it stays there. You don't go yeah. through the wall. So that's way you're not over rotating. Now let's get to the right arm, right? The chest stays up. The chest is pointed towards the sky. The right arm is coming in like a rope. It comes in straight on the same line. It stays on that linear trajectory. And you release with the javelin as soon as it passes your eyes. So as soon as you pass your eyes, you're trying to release that javelin. And you're trying to flick that thing at the end. Um, almost like you're throwing a curveball. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you do, some people do a huge belly flop. Um, I personally don't. I just think it, it's not natural for me. It doesn't feel right. But you just you try and stop yourself because that's a huge, huge you know momentum going into one single focal point of you releasing the javelin and you just try and stop yourself before the white line that demarcates where it's fair and foul. So yeah. you cross that white line, you touch that white line, the throw is voided, it's a foul. And we don't like fouls in our sport Mm -hmm. because that means whatever happened out there doesn't matter out there in the field. It's DQ. Not disqualified from the meet, but that throw is disqualified because you did not obey the rules. Have you ever gotten any fouls out there? Oh, yeah, unfortunately, man. It's tough. You hate to see it, especially on a good throw, man. But sometimes people will foul on purpose. Yeah. Um, If it's a a terrible throw, um, if you're not happy with it, it's not better than your last. I don't like doing that. So is that almost like a foul to use as an excuse for the throw? Exactly. Yeah. Let's say, hey, coach, I messed that one up. He'll be like, yeah, go foul that one. So we, because you don't want to even know. You want to stay locked in mentally. You want. Yeah. It's like it's like missing a free throw. It's like, ah, oh, come on, that was like, I don't want to miss a free throw. Like yeah. a free throw, whatever. I'm gonna walk away, shake my teammates' hands, and just try and make the next one. Yeah. Right. You don't. We don't think about our misses in the sport. We learn from our misses, but in the competition, we think, how can I get back to making the free throws, making the good ones, having good form. You don't want to overthink it. But you have to realize that, hey, I did something wrong on that one. i got to adjust. So, Adam, are you getting, like, what, three throws? Or <coughs> how, yeah. how many do you get? So, with um, most meets, so some meets vary based on you know, the size of how many people are competing. Um, it's usually broken into um, multiple what we call flights. So, it's essentially groups of competitors competing at one time. So, let's say one f- the f- flight has 12 people. They throw their three throws first. And then let's say there's another flight, those people throw, uh, let's say there's 12 people in that as well, they throw their three throws. So at the end of, let's let's call it the preliminary rounds, right? At the end of those three throws for both the first flight and the second flight, the officials gather, um, they tallied the top nine competitors throughout the 24 people who competed. Those people move on to the playoff round where you get three more throws. And ultimately, the results are dictated by who has the best throw out of the six throws in a you know, descending order of one through nine. So um, let's say I throw six, I threw 65 meters and 28 centimeters in the first throw of Big East last year. That wound up, th- that wound up winning the Big East, even though it was my first throw, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, right? yeah. It's the That's best of six yeah. compared to the other nine's best of six. Yeah. Right. And it's first, second, third, 
gold, silver, bronze, let's say. Interesting. So, that, I mean, that's it's the beauty of it. It's, it's make or break. All it takes is one, but all, you're trying to also improve on every throw. Right. Yeah. Kind of fix the things that you do wrong, but sometimes it's not in the cards. You got adrenaline. You got good technique. One throw, you have great technique. The other throw. Yeah. It, it's you got to show up and compete. That's really it. Yeah, I got a student athlete question. For yeah. Me. So Throw. at a school like Villanova, where predominantly basketball, sure, basketball is like the players are heralded as almost like heroes, celebrities on campus. Mm. What's it like being a student athlete at a school like that? Do you feel like like track and field doesn't get as much recognition because of that? And and what do you think? we can do like maybe Villanova can do or you can go for it to like get <laughs> that what, maybe athlete of the week sometime soon I mean come on what do I have to do here that's for the joke. last issue of the semester that's <laughs> all right well I hope I earn it um I'm just kidding there so the wonderful thing about being a student athlete here is the student athlete community we yeah. have 650 student athletes on campus a little bit more a little bit less but it's around that number of course you're gonna have your celebrities right mm-hmm the Eric Pascals, the Phil Booths, the the basketball, the men's basketball players to be specific. Those guys deserve every bit of recognition and celebrity status that they get. I hope I hope to God that people respect their privacy, you know, even though it's a small school, but those those guys don't they're they're not like they don't act like they're better than anyone else, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. They're down-to-earth guys. I've taken class with Phil, you know, uh, with uh, with Eric. I've had class with Dante. Um, those guys are just, they're regular They're regular guys. They're, yeah. they're, they're cool dudes. They do the same thing we do in terms of have to go to class or, you know, trying to prioritize their academics, rather um, have practice, have games, or traveling. They're in it. They're in the thick of it with you. So it's amazing that humility is a huge virtue of... Villanova student athletics, I think you get humbled whether you like it or not sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's it's the community, it's the togetherness. I'm so proud to be president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee that, are, that serves as a liaison, essentially, between the athletic department, our mm-hmm. administrators. Mark Jackson is a person I have conversations with on a daily, weekly basis. We meet along with my other co-presidents, Laura Brzezinski and Aaron Cavini. Uh, Laura's on the lacrosse team. Uh, shout out to women's lacrosse. Shout out to Laura. And Aaron is a diver on the swimming and diving team. Shout out to swim. Shout out to dive. Shout out to Aaron. Um, and we, you know, we're proud to act as liaisons, intermediaries between us and the student athlete body. Um, a huge thing, and let me plug this now. I know it's a little bit controversial, but the priority registration for student athletes. Mm-hmm. I do not think that I would be able to survive my academic career at Villanova if I was not able to structure it with classes around practice. Yeah. If I had to, you know, make a schedule that had like, hey, I have to miss practice on these days, I think it would have taken away from both my academics and my athletics. Mm-hmm. At this point, I can make it so that I have an 30 break for meals. And so I'm not eating in class. So I'm not sleeping in class. This is something that overall makes the student athlete lifestyle sustainable yeah because you're in class you know a couple hours a day you're at practice a couple hours a day and you still have commitments outside of those things that you have to take care of you want to be able to structure structure it and it's not we don't always get what we want right you don't get the easy professor let's say or the professor that you want i should say maybe censor that part just yeah. kidding it's okay or the cool professor you don't get the no, cool professor the man right? the the advisor the supervisor michael bradley michael bradley great professor intro to journalism 10 o'clock tuesday thursday great thank professor. you very much 
But see, that's a great example. I'm taking that's thanks to your recommendations, of course, and Mr. Bradley, I can tolerate him outside of the Villanovan. Um, we'll see as the semester goes along. We've gotten a couple of contestable grades. Hey, the grammar. He's a good, grammar. tough grammar grader, but uh, uh, great guy. Great guy. But again, my second semester senior year, I'm able to take him at 10 o'clock so I can sleep in a little bit on Tuesdays and Thursdays, have yeah. time to get breakfast, sit down, eat a meal. I have time to take the courses that I would like to take. Um, but again, I don't want it to ever seem like it's at the expense of another student. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, again, students are going through it as well. Um, there's no such thing as like a student athlete being like more privileged or more prioritized. I just think that ultimately you need to be able to take classes that just are, make a sustainable lifestyle. Because um, it, it, mental health is a huge thing on, on campus right now, and as it should be. I'm telling you right now, you do not want to be suffering any more than you would want to be as a student athlete. It's, just, it's a tough lifestyle. There's nothing easy about it. Yeah. Um, this makes it a little bit more bearable in terms of just being able to have a sustainable week lifestyle, something where you're not sacrificing academics and athletics. And, and, I, and I understand that students want that as well, right? Yeah. Um, it's just tough when you don't have a block of time. I have 2 to 5.30 blocked off every single a day of my schedule pretty much because that's what, what what practice essentially is and that's that's the sweet spot for a lot of classes right mm -hmm. so again just being able to structure it so that i'm able to have time to eat and and perform at practice it's, it's a tough thing but again going back to the question it's just like i don't know how eric um or anyone on the basketball team men or women because they I'm, i know the women travel a lot and, and other sports travel a lot as well how the heck do they balance the amount of time they travel during March Madness Yeah. when they, it seems like they're never in the classroom? And, and it's hard for them, I'm sure, to be trying to focus on winning a national championship and then try and also be active in the classroom and be keeping up with academics because yeah. that's just tough. But for those guys, you know, priority registration helps. Totally. It, it helps for a lot of student-athletes. I think there should be an open discussion about it. I, I would love to, to hear more perspective about it. It's, it's just one of those things where, hey, we as the SAC representatives were able to foster and facilitate the implementation of this priority registration process. And I think it's made a huge difference for our student-athlete community in terms of just overall well-being um, and, and then not being able to make concessions or not, not being uh, forced to have to make concessions for either academics or athletics. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to um, to Jen Brophy about that actually because we were doing a project in Mr. Bradley's yeah. class, and she mentioned how how big that is for for the athletes and how it's she's huge. really seen an improvement, um, like in the athletes, uh, like um, their I guess their how pleased they are like with the programs I've mm. since since that was implemented. Yeah, and again, you you're at a place that demands a lot of you. Villanova is no pushover. Um, then that might turn some people off from, from coming to the school. But yeah. our recruiting, we have people get accepted into Ivy League institutions, right? And then don't get in here. How bizarre is that? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's what, interesting. And, you know, we've, we've lost a couple of people to other schools. Notre Dame's a tough one to pass up. But Villanova has its way of doing things. And I think it, it, it's a little bit polarizing in terms of like, hey, like, this is, they're asking a lot of us. But here's the thing, if you're able to give them what you, what they want and you're able to do it your own way, you're going to graduate and feel like, holy heck, I did something super special here. And I'm talking about myself as a student here. You know, I had my culminating academic work in my senior thesis for political <laughs> science. 
and that you know that is exactly what it was it was yeah. you know four years of hard work of 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 just classroom I, and i hate missing class i know there's some people that miss class like to sleep in i i truly value that that look my academics right? and that, that was stat, and that was that stat with the amount of money each whole, class dude i was about to say as soon as i heard that i yeah. said mom and dad i promise you i will show up to every class <laughs> that i can unless there's an athletic obligation and of course we're mandated to do that yeah right. totally. you have to show up to class um whether it's on the syllabus or you know coaches just making sure hey you got to be and I, and I applaud our coach coach O'Sullivan making sure that hey how you doing in the classroom like that's something they value because ultimately it is it's a reflection on you know the values that you're instilled as as a Villanova student as a Villanova community member you want to contribute to the community by being active in the classroom outside the classroom on the track off the track in the clubs in the Villanovan gosh darn it yeah number one club on campus <laughs> All right, we'll fact check you on that one. Buddy. Yeah, we'll see about <laughs> that. Number one in my heart. How about that? That's good. Well, I feel like we've learned a lot about Jack Judge the athlete. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Jack Judge the man. Right. What What do you What are your hobbies? What do you do on sure. a daily basis outside of uh, track and field? What are you about? So let, let me. Where are you from? I'll Tell start in the middle, go back to the beginning a little bit, and then right. make multiple allusions to the Good. end. Just kidding. Right. So I, I do want to give my, my biography here. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a senior. I'm a political science major. I'm a philosophy minor. We're on the pre-law track. I have lovely ambitions of going to law school. I don't know why I'm going to do that to myself, but I do think that it is something that is a life goal for me to continue my education We'll see where the job goes. Currently unemployed, but fielding a couple. Yeah, we're all kind of in that stage. So, so that yeah. senior year where you're where you're applying and constantly waiting to hear back. And that, that. You know yeah. that's what we're doing. We're we're hearing back. I have I've had this one company, and I, and I won't disclose their name for the sake of me being um, you know private about my future. You'll of course when Jack Judge gets hired by somewhere, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> it'll be, it'll be big news. <laughs> yeah. Um, so had lovely discussions with this one company based out of New York. I'm, I've been born and raised in Rockland County, New York. Um, went to Don Bosco Prep for high school. Shout out to the Ironmen. Um, wound up coming here, not really sure of what I wanted out of Villanova. Yeah, that's and crazy because you came in not even an athlete. Yeah, not so even an athlete. Like, so I think yeah. that's, that's when I found out about Jack Judge, the human being, the man. Right? <laughs> when I, you I love found yourself. The man. The man, <laughs> yeah. So it was tough. It was a lot of lonely nights. It was a lot of internal reflection, a lot of calls home to mom and dad. With, yeah. You know, be honest, I was crying. I was yeah, like, yeah. That. everyone everyone has those, yeah, those, tough. those tough conversations. Like, I miss home. I miss my family. And I, when I say the family is the backbone of everything I do, I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. I am so thankful for my mother, my father, and my sister. I do not think that I would be able to get through my college experience without them, and yeah. and I'm and I'm completely aware of how lucky I am to have that, and I, I try and thank them almost on a daily basis, and I love them so much. Jack Judge is a family man, and I want to make sure that's a damn point in this in, in the podcast. Um, do it for the fam. You know, I think a lot of questions have fielded. It's 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 you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. A lot of these interviews for the job stuff, yeah. right? Tell me a little bit about yourself, and I think it's tough as a senior that could be like a critical crisis. It's like, oh my God, like, who am I? I just spent four years at Villanova and without basketball, with, with them getting knocked out, who am I? That's <laughs> one, right? So I think it's amazing to be able to be confident through the thing. I think I, I love to see, or love to think rather that 
the person I am is a reflection of the relationships that I have and the things that I'm involved with. Yeah. Kevin Greggy, like, again, our relationship, us being here, is a reflection of me trying to, you know, branch out and do things that I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. Joining the newspaper, I was like, I, I never wrote for the newspaper in high school. I thought it was a great freelance opportunity where I can kind of just, you know, use my free time, the little of it that I have had, um, and, and use it for something meaningful. Tell stories that might go under the radar for certain certain yeah. people in the community to share with our alumni. And and the thing that I, I stress so much about, I guess my, the Jack Judge way, right? Whatever that may be, is you gotta be positive. Yeah. Gotta come to things with a positive attitude. You, you better wake up and think today's a day for opportunity. And we can attest to that, that Jack Judge used to come into the, uh, to Doherty 201 height at nine o'clock. He was I, getting everyone. That was when get, the night was starting. That's when the night was starting damn right. And I, I want to be a person that makes a difference in everything that I do. And yeah. I think that's a huge undertaking. And I used to put a lot of uh, pressure on myself to, to make a difference in everything that I do. And that resulted in me being overextended. But I think the easiest way for you to find out something about yourself is find what you love. Find your passion. Yeah. Find what makes you happy. Find what makes you feel like, hey, like I feel good doing this. Because it it's just tough when you're just in the in a rut, in the in a tough spot and you're just like how the heck do I get out of this yeah and I'm lucky that I I'm able to stress um cope with stress by you know working out and you know my it's pretty much a part-time job right now to work out as a student athlete yeah. so that was an easy transition I'm trying to pick up the guitar right now man it, it's Ooh, tough I'm, I'm are you acoustic I'm electric without an amp right now. so you're starting electric yeah is that a mistake uh my roommate's starting he's starting acoustic I don't know what the move is <sighs> Well, tell you what, we're we're running before we're crawling, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, figure it out. You need learning on YouTube. Um, love love reading, man. Um, reading a couple of books right Any now. Any book for, recommendations for the viewers? Let me think here. I mean, if you haven't read a couple of the classics, nineteen eighty four George Orwell, I think yeah. that'll go down in history as one of the best books. I think it already has. Um, reading a, a biography on uh, this amazing man. His name is Michael Ovitz. He was the founder and starter of, of creative artist agency, a powerhouse in the entertainment and sports talent agency, and kind of getting some insight about his life. But ultimately, Professor Eric Lomazoff, right? I'm taking him for U.S. Judiciary. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Meredith Rubin, for recommending his class. Like, I think class with Lomazoff. Lomazoff's the guy. man, dude. Yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> Here's the advice that he gave to me that I would like to share with the thousands and hundreds of thousands of listeners. It's millions now. It's millions, right. It's growing every minute. <laughs> Find a book... Or at least reflect on what you have read in your life. Is there a book that you can genuinely say has changed your life? And I won't put you guys on the spot right now, but I have yeah. yet to find a book that you know changes my life. That's so a I really think good, that's a good question. I'm trying that. to find it though. So I think the only way to do that is just keep reading. Keep reading. I'm I'm a big nerd, dude. I'm a huge nerd. Um, you a gamer at all or no, dude? I've been playing way too many video games. Well, what's your game right now? I'm on the Apex Legends game. Oh. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're the Battle Royale I'm type guy. Battle Royale, you, Were you a Fortnite guy before and you just made the switch to Apex? Absolutely. Inject that stuff right into my veins, man. <laughs> PS4 I, or Xbox? Xbox. Okay. Xbox. Xbox. Um, I, dude, it's just tough <laughs> right now. That's all I'm thinking about, honestly. This it, interview. What are you doing on. after this? Yeah, exactly. Apex. <laughs> just kidding. We're writing, doing work and... Doing the student athlete life, you little know? Apex, little Apex, little Apex. Um, huge gamer, dude. I I cannot stress how much I love learning, reading, writing. 
Um, math, not my strong suit. Math not a terrible. big math guy. Math Shout out to Ebony Gilly for intro to stats because that was a great class. I thought I found my love for math again. But then <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let's call it there because <laughs> math so hasn't treated that. you that well yeah. in the past. Um, dude, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I, I'm, I love life. I'm happy. Um, I have a wonderful girlfriend, Libby. She's I, I want to make sure I make it a point. I, I, she's not a big PDA person. And I think <laughs> this might be public this display is a of PDA right here. So Libby, hopefully you're not listening. Um, oh, she's listening. I know it's uh, Senior Night at Kelly's and, and she's there. But again, that's a, that's a sack. Is it Senior Night at Kelly's? It is Senior Night oh, at Kelly's. I'm missing that right now. Oops. Podcasts. This is Podcasts. One of the priorities. Priorities. Um, but that's another another sacrifice that I had to make is I I didn't go out much, man. I don't go out much still. Wink. Uh, just <laughs> kidding. Um but you know, there was a lot of weekends that you spent in, and it's like, oh man, like. But when you you know you're you're in on the weekends, everyone else having a good time, or at vanilla, uh, what is it, Villanofun and Vanilla Nova, right? Those yeah. are the two nicknames. Um, you know, shout out to the uh, diversity article that just came out through the cats. That's that's gonna be, uh, you know, <laughs> interesting was... topic on the podcast. Yeah, hopefully, it's very be, soon. Yeah, it's, it's or the Villanova. Hey, pick up yeah. a paper with the Villanova. This week's issue, listening. we discussed yeah, that. We discussed that. that where, you know, people keep asking me where we can get it, and I and I'm and I'm like, we gotta get, gotta get it distributed. I think it's gotta more. get distributed more. I feel like it's in where Connolly, Connolly outside Dockery. of the pit, outside the pit, yeah, Doherty, Doherty. It's definitely um, got to get around. We got to get shout out to Mendel, man. We got to get you guys some articles. Yeah, Mendel, I feel like just they don't really Mendel's leave Mendel. I, I have a teammate Jaden who's a physicist, and it's Mendel, Mendel, Mendel practice back to Mendel. Yeah, right, and like sleep and eat in between that. So yeah. I feel like for our for those people in Mendel who are listening right now, uh, we got to get you guys some newspapers. Yeah, because they have the stand in Mendel. <sighs> just don't use. We it. just oh, man, it's a waste. I I remember delivering those bad boys. We deliver them to gosh. West St. Mary's. St. Mary's, you know the place you get outside yeah. of yeah. St. Mary's Hall. Yeah. Fresh it's not really Villanova. Ah, doesn't count. Geez, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much outside of Philly. No, yeah, it's, it's not even a, a a vanilla. It's a satellite campus. Satellite West campus, campus is satellite West campus. campus. Satellite campus. Shout out to West Campus though. Love being a senior living Dude, on, I've on never campus. lived on West Campus. Good. So shout shout out to our transfer students. Yeah, transfer student right here, so shout us out. Yeah. Uh, Jack Judge, do you have any kind of closing remarks? Anything about your time at Villanova? Oh, one question I have for you. Sure, sure. I had two quick questions. I'm actually. not ready to end this, man. I yeah, I have a few quick questions. First, I want to know your favorite moment at Villanova, your worst moment at Villanova, and I want a fun fact for me. Sheesh. I mean, you guys couldn't have told me that off air before. No, nah, I told you I'm putting you nah. on the spot for some. You know when you go to that first class, you have that awkward, like, icebreaker. Sure. And you get hit with that fun fact, <laughs> and you're like, oh, this sucks. Fact. And you just say, like, oh, I have a dog or something. Sure. But, like, you got to come up. It can't be that. Like, we're going to make you stay on and struggle right. if you say, like, your fun fact is, uh, I have a younger sister, I have a dog. Sure. Yeah, or, we don't like that. That's yeah, boring. I, I, I live on West. Like, Tell you what. Okay. Give us something good. I'll, I'll end with the fun fact because that, that's going to be right. a good one. My favorite moment, of course, how could you not say this? Winning the Big East Championship. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it, it was winning the Men's National Championship. Yeah. I, I don't, which, I'm not sure if 2016. I think 2016 it, had to be that was more one, right? Four point yeah. set. We were all packed in the pavilion. Myself, Peyton Heck, Joe Brown, Liam Ryan, Jerry Stannis, Bar- uh, Baron Stephenson, Doug Halpin. You were with Peyton Heck? Oh, yeah, dude. Before he was on the bench mob, before all, all of that, wow. you know, amazing stuff. He was uh, he was with us in the pavilion. He, that's I'm, yeah, I'm that's so great. happy we would be able to there. And I, I know you're a transfer student, transfer, but I, I believe but I that you can TV. think that that's your best moment as well. I would have That would have been my favorite if I were a freshman. <sighs> it looked nuts. It, it was insane. Really sick. Um... Worst. Jeez, worst moment, man. 
you know, I think it was honestly, uh, it had to have been like a track meet, man. I, yeah. I remember one of the first travel meets I was was able to earn a travel spot. Went down to North Carolina to Raleigh Relays. Um, wound up just absolutely. Can I curse on this? Let's let's say no. Let's say no. <laughs> what word were you gonna say? I was gonna say you know absolutely blank the, the bed. bed. Yeah, the I knew it was coming. I <laughs> we're not dropping f bombs because fa- Father Peter might be listening. I hope he listens to this. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Pro, you know, Provost Dean, everybody. I want everyone to listen because yeah. you, you guys work your tails off for this. But anyway, uh, wound up just not doing too hot there. You know, came in with the expectations of getting the big throw. Um, we got back at like two o'clock in the morning, and then I drove home. Man, I I had to be home. I really didn't want to be on campus. Um, Dang. It, you know that's sometimes with it, when you love something so much and it doesn't work out, you just you it's don't know what to do. And I went back to what I knew was my support system, yeah. my family, man. So they stayed up with, uh, waited for me to get home, and it was incredible. I mean, they they were up at four o'clock in the morning, and they're like, we were worried about you, and. And I was like, guys, I just, I didn't know what to do. So that was definitely probably one of the toughest moments. I wouldn't say worst moment, but it was... It's a tough... That's it was just a tough moment. That's and like an adjustment moment, right? Exactly. Really. A lot of personal reflection. And then, of course, you know, the lonely days and the, the tough weekends where everyone's out and you're, you know, in your dorm all alone playing. There was no battle. Maybe it was Fortnite was out by then. <laughs> it would have been a little bit better. The thing at the same time is, like, it's one of those things where, especially in our day and age with social media and everything, everyone's able to post exactly, things and make it look dude, like they're having exactly. more fun than they actually are. Or make it, like, I'll, I'll be, like, come on. Kelly's so overrated. Yeah. Terrible. Never, like, never I, been, because student-athlete here. I don't think I ever want to go again, to be honest. I'll, like, you know, I'll take, like, your, take your word for it. It's pretty, yeah, it's, you got to take my word for it, you right. know, it's, uh, pretty terrible and uh and yeah everyone i understand how i feel like if you're chilling on the weekend yeah you go on social media you see everyone's out fake ids you know oh yeah i got in here blah 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 blah. you know what i'll be honest yeah fortnite's the move (laughs) good move if you're if you're between if you're ever between kelly's (laughs) or staying in just go to bed shout out to our women out there that play fortnite we we love to see that yeah and hopefully they see the life but yeah dude that's the that's the toughest one and fun fact here yeah and then the fun fact so if you look at my driver's license, right? I'm gonna I'm a storyteller, man. I love telling stories. And I, <laughs> no, I, I, I hope I didn't go over the time of it here. No, no again, we got good go content all here. year long. We got good content. I I hope I'll be able to bring back for a sequel. This again, I'm no, trying, I'm trying to make back. this Joe Rogan, dude. I'm we gotta trying to get talk you back on you because you gave us really good content. We gotta go bounce off. And I love it. On. I love it. Listen, you know you have my number. So here. You, I got those digits. That New York driver's license, that New York senior driver's license, right? We're over 21 now. We're, we're, we're playing adult. with the big... We're an adult, Greg. Yes. Darn it. And we're going to have a job soon. Yo. And we're going to be living at home, but <laughs> eventually moving out yeah. and being a big boy. Yeah, be a big Darn boy. Darn it. Come on. It says Jack Alfred Judge. Alfred? My middle name's Alfred. Now, why the hell is Jack's... You would have think it's like Jack Joseph Judge, good Christian Catholic <laughs> yeah. boy from Don Bosco Prep. Let me tell you why, Kev. Greg, you're still with us, right? We're oh, here? Yeah. Okay. So, my father wasn't able to finish college because just he was taking care of my, my grandmother who has since passed because she had uh, early onset Alzheimer's and dementia. Man. Apparently, it was pretty rough back then. His older three brothers were in the military. Um, 
they all left for oh god I forget I don't even know well they left for war they were out for war and he's yeah. you know the youngest one he stays home taking care of the family anyway he he starts on um, trying to get an acting career going for himself he he thought that was the way to go a um, couple of, of little gigs here and there um, has some incredible headshots that are quite comical now um, I'm sure he doesn't want those posts anywhere on social media so I gotta respect that um, but eventually he gets this gig driving for Al Pacino oh, well, one of the no greatest way. actors of the 20th century and you could damn it argue ever yeah that's wild we're talking Godfather we're talking Godfather part two <laughs> man three man but we're talking Scarface we're talking Scent of a Woman all of these incredible films my father starts as a driver for him kind of driving him where he needs where to go. Where was he driving? Like a side gig. So he's in New York City. So my oh, dad right. was with an acting company, a theater studio, if you if you will. Um, and he gets wind through the former, he was taking lessons with the former uh, Yale School of Drama teaching okay. person. So again, this company, if you guys have seen the HBO series Barry, have you guys seen that? No. Out? Shameless plug, shout out to HBO series Barry. <laughs> it was kind of like that. It was kind of like Gene Cusimano's class there. So anyway, he gets this side gig Wounds up working his tail off for Al Pacino, gets hired as his executive assistant. You're talking rags to riches, baby. My dad's worked his tail off for this. He used to do, he had a, um, a, a wood flooring. He was a carpenter for a while. Yeah. And we're talking, we're just trying to, you know, make lemons, lemonade out of lemons, right? Is that how the analogy goes? Yes. So yeah. he's trying to find the damn lemons in the first place to make lemonade. Yeah. Um, he starts a carpenting business, calls it Abercrombie Wood Flooring. I don't know if there's a copyright thing with Abercrombie Fitch, but he, he didn't continue to be a carpenter. Yeah. Winds up meeting my mom at the same time he's starting to work for Pacino. Um, you know, they fall, they fall in love. Um, my dad played Dracula in the play Dracula. Um, and my mom played the love interest. I have no idea what the female lead is there, but wow. that's how they kind of started Acting. hitting it off, right? That's a, that's Acting a good fan. story. So, that's not the bread and butter yet. Damn it, I'm a storyteller. We're still telling the story. <laughs> My father winds up having an incredible, incredibly difficult, but incredible, 17 years as Al Pacino's executive assistant. And let me give you guys a, um, a quick story, sub-story, micro-story within the story. Inception. <laughs> We're going a layer deep, baby. <laughs> My father receives a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, it's up for debate whether that's early in the morning or late at night, right? Definitely morning. Okay. 3 a.m. Hot take. Hot take. Hot takes only on podcasts. Morning. Hot takes only. Picks up the phone. Hey, Tim. And that's a Pacino impersonation. Not that good. Uh, My house is on fire. My dad says, you're what? what? Have you called 911? Uh, No. Like, he doesn't, like, call... And that's a brutal... I just butchered that. From <laughs> no, it was a good try, though. You threw it <sighs> I try. I'm a storyteller, guys. I'm trying to... You know, my acting chops. I don't know if it's genetic, but probably not. Come on. So, that was my dad's relationship with Al Pacino. They've since parted ways. My dad is currently an independent uh, television producer and director, mm-hmm. writer. Guys, is incredible, incredible career. Um, you know, we're still working on things. He's... What happened with Pacino's house? But, yeah, Pacino's house, right? So... Mm-hmm. That was the relationship. The house wound up burning down. Oh my god! But here's the thing, though he he's he's got money. He's got money like yeah. that, where he's able to have two houses on a single property. Yeah. So it was the guest house, and oh. we're talking. It's a weird setup, dude. So he lived a couple minutes from us. 
just because my dad was always on call, as evidenced by the phone call three o'clock yeah. in the morning. Again, he called my father before, um, uh, <laughs> before the fire department nine one one, and um, essentially like, dude, that's what that's what it was. But um, so my my I have, I am born right. Yeah. I am birthed New York Hospital, June twenty second, nineteen ninety seven. Jack Alfred Judge. <laughs> my now, I'm a. I'm, this is interesting here. I think there's a little bit of religious uh, part ways here, religion parts ways, but my godfather is Al Pacino. That's so wild. My middle name is Alfred after Al Pacino. Oh, Have you so, met Al Pacino? Oh, yeah. First name basis, man. That's I mean, I grew crazy. up, I grew up, you know, going to cool Hollywood parties. I this. Yeah, that's um, wild. My dad would, like, introduce, like, one time we were at the airport, and if you guys, big, assuming big friends audience out there. Yeah. Um, so... One time, Matthew Perry, who plays... Who does Chandler. he play? Chandler. Right, Chandler, of course. Um, he's in front of us at the line at JFK. We're flying out to Los Angeles. My dad's like, you want to meet, you want to meet Matthew Perry? And I was like, uh, Dad. Like, I'm like I six years old. I'm like, I don't know. What do you think? Um, he's like, uh, hey, Matthew, Tim Judge from Al Pacino's office. Uh, this is my son, Jack. He's a really big fan of the... I'm six years old. Who watches Friends as a yeah, six-year-old? Yeah, yeah. But still, the guy's like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, let me say hi to you. And that's the kind of respect that my dad has. That's crazy. Right? He's, he's a, you know, just besides being a great dude, he's an incredible wealth of uh, industry experience. Um, but that's essentially that story. Uh, that's my fun fact. And I hope oh, that's that. That's really cool. Hope, see, I try not to save that yeah, for the class. Beat. That's not going to get beat. You set the you it's set tough. precedent. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's that's just... my fun fact. I don't always share it. In, it depends on the class. Yeah. Um, Dr. Camille Burge. Yeah, that's when you have to. If you open up with that fun fact, you have to branch off it. You have to yeah. get into detail. Oh, we're spending the entire right. fifty minutes talking. Yeah, you're going right. Yeah. So the only class I've actually said that in is Dr. Burge's class of uh, political psych, and she is, you know, able to attach me to Al Pacino, which is nice. That's I crazy. did wind up getting an A. Hopefully, it was on my own merits and not necessarily my uh, background. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway, it. that's the fun fact, bud. And and damn, is it fun? Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. I love it. Well, but um. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on yeah. the pod today, Jack. That was a any, any closing great remarks. Conversation. So let me let me give a few words, and this will be brief. <laughs> this will be brief. I can't make, you know, every moment last as as a parting senior, right? But I like to think that over the course of my four years, I will make the rest of my time here count. And I think that's a huge thing to take away. This is not an ending to a great thing. It is a, a, a chapter in the history of your life and my life. I know that our relationship, Kevin and Greg and myself, just because I'm graduating Villanova, does not mean I will not be able to be a guest on podcasts ever again. Um, <laughs> of course but not. again, it, it's, it's amazing to think that I would have never thought I would be sitting in the basement of Core Hall in the kitchen around a small table talking to two co-editors of the for, one former co-editor and a current co-editor of the Villanovan which I served so dutifully with talking about my life Jack Judge the student the athlete and as you said the, the man. man I'm not saying that <laughs> Um, thank you guys for having me. It's no, been a, it's been a on. fun Wednesday night. Yeah. We just got out of Professor Mihawk's personal finance class and we're feeling great. <laughs> the night is just starting. Just starting. Just starting. And Jack Judge officially marks the first ever student athlete 
to be oh, interviewed oh, on podcasts. Miss a damn on Javelin it. thrower, looking to set that personal record coming up this year. Pen relays, we'll big east. Stay we tuned. Wish him the best of luck. Hey, best of luck with the podcasts. Yeah, podcasts too. I'm I'm expecting big things. I know it's gonna be great. If it blows up after this interview, I only will take 10% off the hey, earnings. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. We work on commission right. in this industry, That's baby. Fair. That's fair. He's only going to take 10%. That was Jack Judge. Uh, we're going to sign it off for this episode, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks, guys.